Hey y'all and welcome back to another episode of Becoming No One. I'm your host Big Taj and today we're going to finish up our lesson on the astral plane. I'm super excited y'all. Can y'all believe that we are at episode nine? So that really means I've stuck to something for like nine weeks. And if y'all don't know, I have an open willpower center, which means that anything that requires me to do something over and over again, is really hard for me to stick to because I'm not energetically designed to stick to it. Now, when I first started this podcast, I said, I'm going to drop two episodes every Wednesday. That was unreasonable. And that's why immediately I was like, nah, I know I'm not going to be able to fulfill that, but I am just an overachiever, y'all. I really am ambitious. I've had so many different businesses. Like i if I can't do nothing else, I can make a dollar out of 15 cent. Okay. But, um, with this, I really wanted to make sure that it was something that I could deliver on. So I'm really, um, happy to receive all the feedback that I've been receiving y'all. If y'all are listening to this on some type of podcast app, leave an actual review on the app. Um, cause I'm getting a lot of reviews on YouTube and stuff, but leave a review on the app so that it can increase awareness to other people who are looking for this same type of content. But I'm excited to deliver this message today. Today, we're going to jump back in um, talking about the astral plane. We'll jump into nature spirits today. So I need y'all again, just be curious before y'all critical. Again, a lot of this is going to sound like something out of a fairy tale. But what we need to realize is that these people are not creative at all. They steal everything. Everything is stolen. Okay. So we're going to hop into the nature spirits and I'm really excited to share this with y'all. Okay, so we are going to jump into the nature spirits, but first we need to understand that this is a very vast kingdom. This is bigger than I can ever explain to us because sometimes we have a really hard time seeing past our own level of consciousness and, um, the nature spirits is just, it's some of it. I'm not going to be able to explain because we don't have a good example through like movies or anything that we can kind of relate this to. All right. So I'm going to explain what I actually can explain, but understand that Nature spirits have never been a part of humanity. That's why they're a part of this category of non-human. And they're never going to be a part of humanity. They have seven classes that kind of go underneath this nature spirits. And they also go through seven densities of consciousness like us. But again, they'll never be human. They never were human. It's nothing like that. Okay. Now, these are typically elementals. So they're spirits of earth, air, fire, water, and aether. Okay. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's on Netflix right now. But in season one, Avatar and Katara and them were going through this little town. And the town was being terrorized by this black and white spirit. Right. And so the Avatar stops to try to help them. And in doing so, he's like, confused on where the spirit is coming from and all this stuff because he doesn't really know a lot about the spirit world at this time so he goes and he meditates and he realized that that spirit is actually the spirit of the forest and because these people were planning on like burning down this forest this nature spirit came out and started basically terrorizing them to stop them from doing that or prevent them from doing that okay so if you need a good representation of like kind of what this looks like you can go to avatar um i always refer us back to anime because anime really does talk about the stuff that we need to know but a lot of people don't watch anime so just understand um that everything is living all right and we are actually supposed to be treating this earth as if it is sacred and treating everything as equal that's the trees the animals like everything is supposed to be equal but because we're never taught this information a lot of us just go around polluting the earth polluting the water polluting this and now we're kind of in a situation where earth is fighting back that is why they're saying, oh, there's solar flares. That's why they're saying, oh, you know, the 
I don't, I, ozone layer is opening, like all of these things. Because if you think about it, if we are built the same way that Earth is built, and Earth is sick, what happens when what happens when we get sick? Our temperature rises, right? So that we can fight off the infection. That is literally what's happening right now with Earth. But that's neither here nor there. A, a, th a good practice that I actually started recently is when I go like past a tree or go to the ocean. I always thank the ocean. I always thank the trees. So um, be grateful. Uh, be very grateful and, and just show respect to other things that are just not human. Okay. Cause we tend to use, use, use stuff up and we're not grateful for anything. Okay. So, um, so now we'll kind of talk about like what these look like in our reality, meaning like in a way that we can understand. So common myths that refer to these elemental spirits, usually call them like gnomes or fairies or pixies or elves trolls imps or goblins and the list goes on okay um, but usually they're super small in size but they do have like a human shape um if you i've seen on tiktok somebody actually capture one of these on like their garage camera so um they actually only materialize when they want us to see them okay so they're able to assume any shape at will like any being on the astral plane but they do have a form of their own Okay, they're not they're not always visible to ordinary sight, but they have the power to make themselves um, visible and materialize when they want to make themselves seen. Okay, they vary in intelligence, just like we vary in intelligence and have a wide array of races amongst them. They typically stay away from humans because they are annoyed by our constant unregulated emotions and desires, uh, which lead them to play like childish tricks on us or mess with us especially if we go over to the astral plane they'll sometimes appear as something really fucking scary to wake us up because they don't want us there so um it's really important to notice information before you start traveling on the astral plane because they want you to feel fear because fear is what's gonna jump you up out your skin and wake you back up so that you can leave so just just know that okay um they can attach themselves to humans by casting a glamour over them which is kind of like putting us in a trance and that is fucking scary but it's kind of like putting us in a, a trance so they can only hear the voices of the nature spirit meaning that the person that they've cast this glamour over they can only hear the voice of the nature spirit and it causes them to uh, basically be really childish and engage in a lot of like horseplay like they literally turn us into fucking puppets they can actually um, make you see and hear events that haven't happened um, for real. And they can do this to an entire crowd of people. It's not just one person that they can put in this like trance-like state and basically make you hallucinate. Um, it's not like one person. They can actually do this to a crowd of people. So um, they try to steer clear of humans though, but... Uh, because they can become very annoyed by us if they see us on the astral realm, which causes them to take a terrifying form to try to scare us away and awake us. Um, if you stay calm and don't get scared, they do leave you alone, though. So that's that's the part that we kind of need to know. Now, the other set of spirits are called the devas, and these are usually referred to by Hindus and referred to angels or sons of God. OK, and they are seen as laying above humans and as the humans are above the animal kingdom. OK, so. When we talk about like hierarchy, right, we can all agree that humans are at a higher or more superior level than animals. But these angels or these son of gods, which are really called devas, are a higher level than humans. That's what that's trying to say. OK, so humans can eventually go through this path of evolution if they reach a high enough level of intelligence. But it is really, really hard for us to decide that we're going to follow this path of becoming an angel. So angels could have 
had a human incarnation or they could have not. It just depends on, um, it just depends on if they were born into that realm of things. Uh, and for us, it just depends on whether or not we want to take that path. Okay. So this is a steeper path, meaning that this is a long journey, but noble one. Nonetheless, uh, you're not confined to this world and you can go to higher spheres, different solar systems. Um, you don't usually appear on the astral plane, meaning that you don't usually see angels on the astral plane, but you could, you can, you know, they can go anywhere, but it's just not common. All right. Now there is a category underneath this called Arupa Devas and they are noble, but they're kind of selfish. Their attention can be attracted by certain magic endeavors, but they are scarcely conscious of us, meaning that they kind of exist in those higher subdivisions where they don't really care about earthly matters. All right. Um, but every once in a while we will catch their attention and they will try to help us. Um, it's almost like if we see an animal that's stuck in like a tennis, like the, the net of a tennis court, we're going to go over and try to help them. These Arupa Devas are like that. Like they'll see us in trouble and they'll be like, oh my gosh, a cute little puppy. And then they'll come and try to help us. So <laughs> I think that's really funny to think about. Um, they have an understanding that any interference with human affairs is likely, likely to do more harm than good until we have evolved to like a certain level of consciousness. And that's really like all angels. Now you can, you do have angels around you that you can call in. And if you need more angels, angels, you can also call them in as well, because a lot of them do are constantly looking for work. So not like work like that, but a lot of them, like they like to help and they looking for work. Okay. So there's also like this other set of uh, devas that are called, uh, there's four deva rajas and they're like angels of the elementals, but not a lot of them are mentioned in a lot of things. So they're the, considered to be like the four cardinal points. They're mentioned in the Bible in Ezekiel. Um, and he tried to describe them and, um, it's also mentioned in the secret, the secret doctrine as well. So they are referenced in all religions as the protectors of mankind, and they play an important part of human destiny, um, supposed to be agents for our karma, meaning that, um, they basically deliver the karma, the karma that we're supposed to receive good or bad. Okay, so they can take human form at will, and you can find out more about them in the Secret Doctrine. Um, it's Volume One, pages one twenty one twenty two through one twenty six. Okay, all right, y'all. So we about to get into the nitty gritty. Okay, I have talked about these entities before on TikTok, but now we are about to dive deep. All right, and the next category is called the Artificials. Now, the reason why we need to talk about this is because this is the largest class of astral entities. Okay, and Mo they're the most important to humans because we kind of like form like this karmic bond with them. All right. Um, and it's a mass basically of semi intelligence. All right. So it doesn't really take like a specific form. Well, it does take a specific form, but it's based off of the emotion that created it. All right. So humans make these unconsciously and sometimes magicians and people who do magic make them as well for like, and they serve like a specific purpose. Now they are elementals formed unconsciously from the actions of a mere purposeful thought, which creates this energy or wish. Now, what I mean by that is if you get in an argument, say with your brother, you say, I hate you. I hope you get hit by a car. Now, if you say something like that and you actually mean it, so you're, you're pairing like an intense emotion 
with an intention, you will create this astral entity that will try to attack him or to attach itself to him. But the reason why there's a karmic bond is because if it scans your brother's body and say your brother is at a higher vibration than you are and um, it has nothing to exploit, it'll actually turn around and come back to you because it has to exert its energy. So it'll come back and cause instant karma for you. So there are karma bonds that are attached to these entities. All right. Now, um, the thought seizes upon the essence and forms this being in the appropriate form, meaning that it'll take whatever form it needs to take in order for it to live out whatever intention it was created from. All right. So a while back, I posted on TikTok saying that I was reading a book and this lady said a mother's love can create an angel that follows their kid around to protect it if um, the intention is there and it's a constant like thought or prayer, meaning like your mama's prayers can literally create guardian angels, which are basically these artificial entities that are following your kid around to protect them. Now, your kid does have spirit guides and stuff that are separate from these artificial entities. But if your mom is sitting there every single night praying over you and praying for your protection, it will create this artificial entity. And the more that you pray or the more that you think about this, it gives the more power to this entity as well. OK, so I talked about that on TikTok, but it also works for the other end when it comes to dark entities as well. And um, this is why you have to pay attention to, again, what you say when emotions are high, because you can literally, literally create an entity that may cause harm to others or yourself. You can get instant fucking karma from this. All right. All right. So once this is created, it is not under the control of its creator and it lives out its life on its own, meaning that it gets to make its own decisions. All right. So the length of its life is determined by how intense the emotion or the thought was that brought it into existence. All right. So if the thought is fleeting or not much power was put behind it, then it will only last for a few minutes or a few hours. But if um, it is something that's often repeated, like an often repeated thought, um, they can last for days. All right. So this is the idea that our thoughts become our reality. And the more we think about a certain wish or idea, we form this attendant that basically follows us around and hunts us. It gains more strength with every time you think about it. So if it is an evil thought, like say you are depressed and are considering unaliving yourself, this entity will assist you in that, which can cause chaos and make it really hard for you to bounce back from that. So you have to really, really be careful what you're saying about yourself. And what you're saying to yourself and how often you're saying it to yourself. All right. Now, this also applies to people, too. If you are wishing someone well, um, a friendly elemental is formed and projected towards them. Like if they are sick and you're wishing them well, this elemental will hover above the, that person and kind of ward off anything that's preventing them from getting better. And they assist in their healing. Right. But if you wish them bad, then a not so friendly elemental is formed and projected towards them. Okay, and it's going to cause havoc and stuff in this person's life. So um, if you are stuck in malice, jealousy, if you're envious, you're selfish or full of hatred, you will kind of form a gang of these entities around you. Right. And they will literally seek havoc on anyone who comes into contact with you. That's why, again, too, we have to be careful the company that we keep, because if we're dealing with somebody who, you know, because a lot of us have this savior complex where we try to save everybody. Right. And we dealing with somebody who is really battling with some really heavy stuff and really battling demons. Right. You can say that these are demons, but not all of them are demons. All right. But that's what we're referring to when we talk about demons. All right. You can say that these people are battling demons and now you are in their auric field and constantly being attacked by their demons. 
All right. So you got to be careful, y'all. I ain't telling you who to date. I ain't telling you who to love. But what I'm saying is I might tell you a joke, but I never tell you a lie. All right. So if you're starting dating someone like this, then you start to be constantly affected by these evil entities of his own creation. Now, he does not have control over them, but they will wreak havoc in your life. All right. So the creature literally looks for your weaknesses and then attacks you. Now we're talking about something that's on the astral realm, right? Meaning it's not something that's visible to all of us unless you have you tapped into your third eye, right? But it's not something that's visible to all of us, but it does have full access to his astral senses. And what the astral plane sits above us, right? So it's able to look down and scan our body and figure out what our weaknesses are based on our traumas and our fears and stuff like that. And then it ex just exploits them. It just exploits them. So some people will go through this period of like psychic attacks where basically they're having intrusive thoughts that they really cannot control. You might have an entity like this attached to you and just not know it. Now, this is why I'm always preaching to y'all to raise your vibration and do your shadow work. Because another thing that can happen is say somebody creates this entity for somebody else and it goes to that person and it cannot attack that person because there's nothing to exploit. So then it returns to the creator and it cannot attack the creator because there's nothing to exploit on the creator either. This thing will literally turn into a wandering demon and it would find somebody who is highly sensitive or a medium and it will attach itself to them based off of the same vice, based off the same energy that created this thing, right? So if you have something in common with that person that it was intended for it's going to attach itself to you and the more that it tries to find people who think about it a lot because it wants to continue living and it wants to um, basically continue to create this havoc all right so that's why it's so important because this motherfucker could not even be sent for you and could attach itself to you because you haven't dealt with your baggage if y'all need help with this y'all go to the link in my bio. I have a shadow work journal who hurt you by Taja Moore is what it's called. It's available on Amazon, but it don't even have to be my shadow work journal. Y'all, it could be anybody's shadow work journal. It could be the one on TikTok that they shoving down our throat. I don't care which one it is, but we need to handle our baggage because if we do not go back and revisit our trauma and figure out what the lessons are from that, we're going to keep reliving it one and two, we cannot progress and we cannot evolve in these. And we leave ourselves wide open for entities to attach themselves to us to live out their selfish desires don't be a puppet okay and how this appears is intrusive fucking thoughts you will get intrusive thoughts about something and you can't get it off your mind and it'll be something so detrimental where there's like i don't have money i don't have money i don't have money or it's like i'm so depressed i'm sad i'm this i want to unalive myself those a lot of those thoughts are not even yours you're experiencing clear audience and you don't know it Okay, so it's really important for you to protect yourself. And this is how you do it. This is how you do it through unpacking your baggage. Put the fucking bag down. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I know I turn into a preacher sometimes, but I be wanting us to be okay. All right. So it is going to exploit whatever, you know, whatever energy it was created out of. You got to know that. All right. So they can also manifest through mediums. And what I mean by that is. There's two ways to connect when you're a medium. Well, a lot of ways to connect when you're a medium, but the two main are through your heart space and through your third eye. Now, if you connect to your third eye, any entity can reach you through your third eye, but not any entity can reach you through your heart space because a lot of entities or dark entities that are on the path of service to self. Um, if y'all remember from that video that I did a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I think it was episode six, they skipped the heart space. 
And the reason why they skip the heart space is because they don't see it as being useful, right? So if you are channeling through your heart space and you start out by feeling first instead of trying to see, you start out by feeling they no dark entities can actually reach you at the heart space. So I always start every mediumship reading out with clairsentience. I start trying to feel the person and then I ask some confirming questions like, how did you pass? What's something that only you and this person would know? And I start like that. And the reason why I do that, and then I kind of let the clairvoyance kind of kick in and I let them show me pictures. The reason why I do it like that is because if you start out by just using your clairvoyance, you can get any entity and you can get one of these dark entities who are masquerading as your family members. And what they actually can do is scan your fucking body. Like I said before, because they have full access to their astral senses, they can scan your body. And if I ask them, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? They'll just scan your body and get the answer because you know the answer. Okay, so it's really, really important just to, again, make sure you're protected. And shadow work is hard, y'all. It's really hard to look at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, I played a part in my own pain. It's really hard to look at your family members and say, you know what? You were no good for me. And, and blood is not thicker than water. That shit, it's hard because these are people that you love and people that you kind of based your personality off of, you know? So it, it's not an easy fate, but you have to do it because if you don't, you leave yourself wide open to entities that might not even be created for you to come and attack you about some shit that don't even have nothing to do with you okay so um doing shadow work is about releasing yourself from the pain you know i was in pain for so fucking long y'all when i started doing shadow work i was able to release that i was able to real come to realizations about who i was i was able to come to realizations about who i was dealing with as well and once you know somebody and you know yourself can't nobody put the wool over your eyes about nothing right and I went from this place of living in constant fear, fear that I wasn't going to have money, fear that I wasn't good enough, fear that all of these things until stepping into my motherfucking power and knowing that I am that girl. OK, you can have that, too, but you have to do the work. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. That shit is painful. All right. But you have to do it because what's more painful is having this entity that, that attaches itself to you and convince you to unalive yourself, convince you to hurt yourself, convince you to hurt other people when that's not even who you are. All right. And you have to be in this internal battle with yourself that you think is with yourself, but it really ain't with you. It's with a whole nother entity. OK, so we have to do it now. Sometimes occultists in black or white magic often will use these elementals and create them for specific reasons. And they're able to actually direct it with knowledge and skill. Now, people who know how to do this, uh, they maintain a connection with this in this entity and basically um this entity will start to operate based off of the intelligence of the creator. So it'll borrow intelligence from the person or practitioner that created it because it's only semi-intelligent. And that creator, it doesn't matter how distant, like how far away this entity is, it's able to guide it and tell it what it needs to do. Okay. So they are always seeking for ways to basically prolong their existence. Um, so you have to be careful. They will, if they come and find somebody who's not the person it was intended to, right? Because they can't attack either one of them. They'll come and find you. And the more that you think about it, the more power you give this entity. So it will selectively pick people based off of this. So you have to be careful. Careful. Now, another part of this is deities. Any deities that require blood sacrifice are the lowest kind of these artificial entities. And other local deities that take like rice and gifts and sacrifices, they're also a part of these artificial entities, okay? So some of these artificial deities and entities go back to Atlantis too. So this isn't a new fucking thing. Some of these entities that are still around today, which we consider to be deities, date all the way back to Atlantis. And they have been able to survive and keep themselves 
themselves alive. And you, they talk about this in the secret doctrine as well, um, but they have been able to keep themselves in existence today because they find people who are going to continue to pray to them, who are going to continue to worship them. And that just makes them more powerful. So this last class of artificials is called human artificials. And it's a class of entities, which contains a small amount of entities. And basically they're kind of been removed from their human evolution. So this actually happens after death, but there's a group of these artificials who come from Atlantis and they're called the divine rulers of the golden gate. And they play the complete background, but what they're actually doing is the scheme that causes people to believe in something outside of itself and spiritualism. All right. So this happens after death. An entity will get a hold of a soul after death on the astral plane and basically convince it that it's super, super powerful. And then he's basically assigned to a certain aspect or movement. OK, so the soul after death is completely tricked. So it's not their fault. But what they will actually do is take the place of one of these artificial spirit guides or an artificial deity and start deceiving people. Okay. So this happens once this deity doesn't exist anymore. And what I mean by that is one, they'll pose as one of your spirit guys, or there'll be a deity who was artificial, meaning that they only around as long as the emotion is there and say, now the emotion is gone. So this deity goes away. This human artificial will come in and take the place of this artificial entity and people will start praying to it, giving it power. And then it will start asking for more than just a rice, rice sacrifice. Okay. It'll, it does, um, it exists for evil purposes for sure. Um, and it's masquerading as like either a spirit God for you or a deity. And, um, we just have to be careful because there are a lot of entities out there that are playing tricks that are masquerading as things that the, as they are, that they are not. So we just have to be aware. All right, y'all. So the last thing that we're going to talk about is phenomena. And basically this is stuff that happens on the physical plane that we really don't know how to explain. All right. So first we're going to talk about apparitions or ghosts and basically psychically, psychically developed people are constantly seeing these. Um, but also sometimes a ordinary person will have a flash of psychic perception and be able to see a ghost or apparition that has materialized itself enough to be seen. All right. Now there's churchyard ghost and graveyard ghost, whatever you want to call them. Um, usually this is the etheric shell of a person who just passed away, or it may be the astral body of a living person who's haunting the tomb of a friend. And what I mean by that is sometimes when we have a close one pass away, when we astral project right after the time that that happens, we will either go to their grave site or try to see them on the astral plane. Okay. So it could also be that, but the other thing that it could be is like the thought form of the person who passed away, meaning that Remember how I explained that a mind is an entity without a body. And after we pass away, our mind or our consciousness still exists. Sometimes we're able to materialize that mind in the physical form when we have unfinished business on earth. All right. So a lot of times when you're seeing that at graveyards, it's, it's the person who has passed away, but they're in their like not astral body, but karma lupa, which we talked about before. And they're able to take their mind and materialize it enough to be seen in the physical plane. All right. Now, next we'll talk about haunted locations. So ghosts that are seen at a house where a crime are committed are usually the thought form projected by the criminal, whether the person is living or dead. But most of the time it's them after they have died, because a lot of times they will be thinking over and over again about their actions, especially on the anniversary of the crime. So they're usually able to materialize on that actual day. All right. And um, y'all remember, I don't know if I talked about this before, but whenever like a traumatic event 
happens at a place, the energy can get stuck in a wall. Okay. So we need to know that wherever a tremendous mental disturbance has taken place or overwhelming amount of terror, pain, sorrow, or hatred, or just intense passion, an impression has been made there on the astral light. So psychics can go into these places and basically pick up on the energy and know exactly what have happened, almost like a movie playing in their head because this impression is created and is so strong. So who, people who cannot psychically see may pick up on the emotions or impressions and feel very uncomfortable in these places. That's why sometimes we walk into a place and it just has like this eerie feeling. We just like, I don't know why I feel uncomfortable, but I do not like it in here, right? It's because some type of astral light impression has been made in that area. And it's kind of like a tear in the astral between the earth and the astral plane. All right. Now, family ghost may be thought of... Um, Maybe a thought form or a vivid impression in the astral light, like above, or maybe an earthbound ancestor still haunting the scene. Okay. So sometimes spirits won't actually cross over because either they won't accept the fact that they've passed away or whatever happened to them was traumatic and they can kind of haunt the area where they used to live. Okay. So a lot of times ancestors and stuff like that, or they can be the actual thought form of that, that person, um, hanging around that area. A lot of times what they can do is bell ringing, stone throwing, or breaking of dishes. Um, elemental forces caused by a person trying to attract the attention of a friend or family member that has crossed over. These are usually childish nature spirits. They can cast a glamour over you and make you see what you want to. So often um, they come during like seances, but sometimes they're hard for them to duplicate. All right. So communicating entities are typically entities that come in seances and they're called lesions. These are tricky because they can appear in whatever form they want to and can also read your mind or read the astral records, meaning the Akashic records. So they can bring up something your family member may know to convince you that they are the family member. So it is hard for a person to know that they are not being deceived when communicating with spirits or entities, unless you're dealing with a psychic who kind of operates from the heart space. Okay. So those are basically all the ghosts that you can experience. Now, next we have astral resources, which are just like methods used on the astral plane, which can be an extension of the physical plane. So sound and light, electric action or uh, intermediate vibrations. You can feel like vibrations around you, clairvoyance, um, prevision or psychic signs. So second sight is what they call it in Ireland. Um, astral forces, uh, which means movement of objects or wind. Now, astral forces actually has like categories okay so the first one is etheric currents and these are constantly sweeping over the earth like the tides of the ocean their methods um to use this to your benefit but if you try to control it uh, you can basically be met with danger and it's really hard for us to recognize okay uh, etheric pressure is another one it's similar to at atmospheric pressure but it's hard for us to recognize this as well so latent energy, which is stored potential energy that lays dormant in matter. By changing the position of the matter, you can release some of this energy in a form of heat. And then there's also something called sympathetic vibrations. And this is very hard to explain, but you know how if you're listening to alpha tones, your brain starts to synchronize. Or if um, an army is crossing a suspension bridge, they have to stop like marching because it will create this vibration that will basically make the bridge break. All right. It's kind of like that is what a sympathetic vibration is. Okay. So it's like we set into motion these forces or import impulses. And as we keep repeating them, a vibration is created to set 
things in motion. All right. Also, mantras are a thing. So mantras are a type of sympathetic vibration. Um, so spells that produce results by repeating a certain sound. So even like Lam, Vam, Ram, Ham, Yam, Om, and Om, which are the, the sacral, sorry, not sacral, the chakra sounds. These are mantras. All right. So all creation came into existence by this sympathetic vibration of word. Right. So this should give you an idea of how powerful these can be. There's also something called disintegration and it can be brought about by rapid sympathetic vibrations. So super high rate of vibrations, a body experiencing these vibrations can be moved by the astral current, which can make them pass through any state of matter, even physical. Um, so it's the astral pressure that brings them back to their physical form. Not sure if any of y'all have actually watched the warrior nun on Netflix, but when she was trying to run through the wall, this is exactly what she was learning to do was to increase her sympathetic vibration so that she can pass through any matter. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch the warrior nun. It's very interesting on Netflix. Um, but it's a vibration that can change the state of matter. All right. Now, materialization is actually the opposite of disintegration, which is bringing matter into existence. All right. So when something materializes, it's becoming material so that you can see it. When something is going through disintegration, it is becoming less material. All right. So this is why darkness is required, not because of the materialization. Well, I mean, kind of. This is why darkness is required because light sets up an intense vibration. Um, so a lot of dark forces use dim lights or wait until after dark. Um, the main reason is because uh, that's this is the main reason that the moon was brought here and the second sun was sent away. That's a whole nother story. We didn't get into it. All right. But um, it's really hard for these dark forces to materialize stuff when it's light outside because um, the light actually holds this sympathetic vibration that's way too strong, right? So in order for them to do these seances and stuff, that's why they always do them at night because they're actually able to materialize whatever it is they're trying to bring into existence way better in the dark because it's dark is the absence of light. Okay, y'all. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over this, but I am going to talk about the three types of beings that can actually materialize in like a seance setting just so that y'all have all the information all right first is a tangible but not visible and what this means that they're purely physical but they can't be seen so the most common ways to know that something like this is there is it's carrying an item around the room it's knocking things over you may hear a voice um they are capable of setting up vibrations in the atmosphere which are capable of affecting us through sound okay Next, we have visible but not tangible. These are more like transparent ghosts. And the the biggest uh, example for this is if you're taking a photo and you see like a ghost in the background in your photo, like these are the same type of beings, all right? So they cannot be touched. And then the next one is both visible and tangible. Um, those can only be held for a, a moment. And what I mean by that, those can only be materialized for a moment, but you can touch them. And basically it's an astral body. Now, next is something called reduplication reduplication and this is the forming of a mental image in the astralite and then gathering the necessary physical matter so it requires an immense amount of power and concentration to perform but it's basically pulling directly from astralite and then the other thing is called precipitation of letters or pictures so an adept wishing to connect with an entity may put a piece of paper in front of him and um, imagine what 
he wishes to write on it and draw from the astrolite to produce that. So it impresses the full message on the mind of the pupil. So sometimes an adept won't actually do this. They'll get a student to do this and it'll get the student to do this by impressing their full message onto the mind of that student and leave them to do the work. Okay. So this is most commonly used more than an adept doing this by themselves, but the pupil will then take the piece of paper and imagine that he see what the master or the adept has written as described before and drawing material from the astrolite. So he'll try to draw in that material from the astrolite and basically whatever that person said is able to appear on the piece of paper just out of thin air, but really out of the astrolite. All right. So the method is the same with producing a picture. And a slate writing also falls underneath this category, which is usually produced by precipitation where a spirit may grasp the pen or pencil and write what it wants you to see or know. Um, there's an example of this in that movie, What Dreams May Come, where he's trying to get his wife to write his name out. OK, this is the same thing. This is a great example of slate writing. All right. Now, next, we're going to talk about levitations, and these are usually either done at seances or by yogis, like those people who meditate and are able to elevate themselves in the meditative position. All right. Um, so some may be born by spirit hands, meaning that a medium may be helping them do this. Um, the scientific way is by reversing gravity with the aid of aether. So also what they used in Atlantis to move their ships and cargo was this same aether. Okay. So when we talked about Nikola Tesla and how he was using the electricity around them. It's kind of like the same idea. All right. So the conspiracy is that building Stonehenge and the pyramids were actually done this way. So if you can set up the right vibrations, you can make this happen, meaning levitation happen. Next, we're going to talk about transmutation. And this is a rare phenomenon, but transmutation of metals talked about by alchemists. Um, so talked about as a myth, but apparently there is some evidence that this has been found and hidden in occult knowledge. Um, so you're basically reducing metal to its atomic position. Then you can rearrange the atoms and basically make it or mold it into another form. There is an anime show called um, The Alchemist. I think it's called like Metal, the, the Full Metal Alchemist. That's what it's called. And they actually talk about transmutation in that anime uh, show. So that's a good thing to look at as well if you want to get more information on transmutation. Next, we have repercussion, which is a strange phenomenon, but this is the idea that anything that is done to the astral body is also done to the physical body. So people who actually will go, sometimes go to psychics for healing, they fall underneath this category where someone goes into the psychic state and they basically imagine the problem in their head and they fix it. Like literally they can be as creative as they want to. They can go in there and scrape out the infection. You know, they can create a can of heal all and pour it on there. Like it, there's no bounds. And a lot of people have actually come out of this state and the other person was actually affected. They were would go to their doctor and the doctor would be like, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. Maybe the medicine did kick in after all, but really they went and got psychic help. So um, this is a thing. And also on the sixth plane, uh, there's these beings on the sixth plane, plane called the Hathers who usually actually, who used to actually inhabit the earth, but they're healers, right? And so a lot of people who are dealing with terminal illnesses and stuff, they'll actually heal, heal themselves on the astral plane by going to the sixth plane. All right. 
And then also, um, have you ever watched a show like The Magicians or the spinoff from The Vampire Diaries where they were hurt in the astral realm and then they came out of the dream state and they were hurt in real life? It also works that way as well. All right. So y'all, this is the end of the episode. So again, I would suggest as far as resources, um, look at the astral plane, its scenery, inhabitants and phenomenon by C.W. Lead beater. Um, he was a highly skilled clairvoyant in the mid eighties who perfected his psychic abilities under an adept trainer. And then also legend of Korra is the spinoff to avatar. If you go to the second season, start at episode 10 and, and follow it through the ending, or you can watch it from the beginning, whatever it, there is a lot of gems about the spiritual world and the astral plane in this actual season of avatar. Also, you can go to avatar, the last airbender, um, season one, if you want to know about the nature spirits, because, um, that one episode is really good for an indicator of what like a nature spirit would be like the movie, what dreams may come by Robin Williams, of course. And then the secret doctrine is actually a really good place to look for, um, evidence of the stuff that we were talking about as well. And I think there was something else. Um, Oh, the, the warrior nun on Netflix is also a good place to look as well. Um, if you want to learn about, um, disintegration which is like the opposite of materialization but basically it's this person who has died right and there was like this helios that they stuffed into this dead person's back to hide this demon from getting a hold of it and it brought this person back to life and basically she became the warrior nun once it's given to somebody she cannot um it cannot be taken away or whatever and she was disabled in her previous life but now she has all these skills that basically make her very similar to like god and um, she's basically trying to defeat these dark forces in the and I think it's like two or three seasons. It's actually a really pretty good show. So I would go check that out as well. Y'all happy healing people. I love y'all and I will see y'all next week. Bye.